Welcome back to another episode of Ticket to Anywhere podcast. I am Trizzy. And I am Leah. We are two voices, two views, and two ways to adventure from anywhere. Yep, yep. And as you know, we are obsessed with coffee and tea on our travels. We buy it wherever we travel. We come back, share the wealth with all of our family and friends. So today I homemade my own Ube latte. I was gifted some ube milk from Umaga Coffee in Bakersfield, California. So pour a little of that, pour a little out for the for the homies, all the Filipino homies. And then I make espresso in my mocha pot, top it mm. off, and you have yourself a delicious ube latte. Nice. My tea today is actually coming from a uh, California place as well. This is a green tea and lavender um, loose leaf tea from Percolate, which is a super bomb boba place i don't know if you guys been there it's in santa monica i've gotten a lot of my bobas during the pandemic there and um yeah they also have like a bunch of loose leaf as well um so i bought two pack with them so that's what i'm drinking right now so we just did a solo episode sorry we call them duet episodes because it's the two of us and it was our 20th episode we wanted to celebrate bring us back on because the feedback we've been getting on our social media is that we, um, you know, you want to hear more of us, which we're so grateful for, you know, we love being able to help you inspire you. So we talked about our new slogan, two voices, two views, two ways to adventure from anywhere. And we basically broke down how each of us travels, which is very differently from one another. Yet here we are, Thank you again. And if you haven't left us a review on Apple, go ahead. Like we love hearing feedback. You know, you can also DM us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and let us know what you think of our episodes. You can shoot us an email as well. And with that said, please enjoy the episode. Hey there, it's Trizzy and Leah, your host for the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We created this travel podcast for you who's just as obsessed with exploring the globe as we are. We each travel a different way and even have different work schedules, but every episode we aim to widen your worldview, inspire you to consider a destination near or far, or learn from others. With us, you can adventure from anywhere. Keep in touch with us on social media at Ticket to Anywhere Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Ticket to Anywhere Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. And hit subscribe to follow our visual podcasts on YouTube. Two voices, two views, two ways to adventure anywhere. (laughs) So this is our new official slogan. We really wanted to whittle down who we are, what we represent, what you're going to hear on every single episode. And this is a quite a special episode for us because it is number 20. We've been doing this since October, 2019. And as you know, if you've been following us, our episodes are a pretty big production value because we're both a visual podcast on YouTube. And then, you know, we take the audio and slap it to your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you listen. So um, we're excited to do number 20 for you guys. And we know we're going to keep going for another 20, another 20, another 20, another 20. And Trizzy, did you know that 50% of podcasters don't make it past episode seven? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. 
Mm -hmm. So here we are. I think they're counting shows like 50% Mm -hmm. of all the podcast shows out there don't go past seven episodes. Wow. Yep. Man, that's where all the juices were flowing for us after our seventh one. We like, exactly. Yeah. We were in the pandemic. We we're like, let's pivot. Let's figure something out. Yeah. So, I felt like that's great. where we, that's where we grew. We, yeah. we got grown. Then. <laughs> we, grown. we hit puberty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're like, all right, we came together to do this podcast, even though we both know we travel so differently from one another. We've been to almost completely different places right? Like you're repeat Southeast Asia offender. I'm repeat South America offender. (laughs) (laughs) So we've explored different parts of the world, but together, that's what the cool thing is. I feel like we fill in all of each other's gaps, right? That's every episode is about how we do things differently from one another, our own experiences. And then we bring those guests on and we talk about our experiences related to what those guests told us. So that's why it's such a cool podcast because you get kind of that uh, budget, which is mm-hmm. Leah, right? Or that mid-luxury point of view, which is Trizzy. Yeah. It's kind of like killing two birds with one stone when you're doing research. Like, do I want to solo travel or do I want to like go with my significant other? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want to do? So, And so you are the significant other traveler. Couple traveler couple travel trizzy over there and then in this corner you have a solo backpacker who stays at hostels like she's 19 <laughs> very much nine not 19 so with the couple traveling it's actually it's what kind of sparked my travel bug too you know if i didn't have my so with me i don't have anybody dragging me out onto these international trips you know, um, and me, I think I would be so scared to solo travel. So I would probably just like stay in LA in my little hole, <laughs> my little bubble. Um, so it helps to have somebody there. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Couple travel could just mean like one of your best friends as well. Mm-hmm. that you want to um, constantly travel with the person that's going to kick your booty into adventure mode mm-hmm. i've been doing couple of traveling since 2013 and that is it's just been like amazing we grow together we learn learn a lot about each other and a lot about the places that we go to if we love it if we hate it if we're going to go back are we going to retire there or not mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so would you ever go on like a group tour yeah I will okay. do it again. I'm actually like planning, like once everything opens up, I really want to do like um, an exercise, eat, explore, hopefully taking it international. I think it'll be pretty dope. Yeah. And so like I couple travel quote unquote with friends, there's like certain friends who I met while traveling that I'll always meet back up with, you know, in particular, like Kate and Jack, like went to Australia with them, went to Glastonbury with them, like We've been, went to, met them in South America, like been all over the world. But the funny thing about that is that's what I love is we met while we're traveling. So we have seen literally the worst sides of each other and, you know, in our highs and low moments. But I think when you're traveling, especially long-term, like I do, it's like really raw. And so it's much easier. And I've found a lot of people back home don't, or a lot of people in my like, older social groups, like don't necessarily travel the way I do. Right. So I've made those new connections over the past 
five, six years or so. And it's been amazing. And I meet people when I travel, uh, but I usually go alone or people will come out and meet me where I am, which I love. So, man, that's cool. And that's like another thing that you're better at. I, you're, you're good at socializing and talking to people. Whereas when I travel, I'm kind of like to myself or just to my SO, just talking. And I'm like hoping nobody talks to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, travel is so different for everybody. It's very personal. Like our, you know, good friend, the wonder word Jessica says, like, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do your thing. Travel is, is what you want it to be. The length of time that we travel, that's a big difference between us too. Yeah. I'm trying to get to your level. I really want that. I you're want that long term. You're about to go live in a van. So you're about to be skyrocketing past my level. <laughs> <laughs> so Leah does more of the long term trip, which is about three months to a year. <laughs> And I'm very short term and I squeeze in as many countries as I can into two weeks because of my lovely nine to five job (laughs) that I'm so grateful for. Yes, absolutely. But the, the thing is, it's funny because you have to receive physical materials besides that part. If you didn't, you could totally do what you're doing on the Exactly. Yeah. If they could just block all of like the things that you need to be for in person in like a week or two, and then you could go off and work remote. Mm. Yeah. Hey, we got solutions. Can we come to them with solutions? (laughs) I, I wish, but there's always like those last minute emergencies oh, that true. pops up that just makes it not. That's like the, that's the industry, feasible. right? Yeah, the industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so with me, I I mean the the hardcore nine to five. I left that um, in 2015 when I worked for MGM resorts in Las Vegas and my whole world turned around because then I started learning. I became an accidental digital nomad. I started getting remote jobs because that's when, you know, mid 2010s, early 2010s, that's when like remote work really started picking up, you know, and Americans were kind of adapting to that. And so I went off, found a lot of remote work when I went off to South America in 2016 for the year you know, moved to Australia the year after that in 2017, pivoted my career. So I've done so much long-term traveling. And when I travel, I literally say like, okay, I want to be gone for at least a month. Otherwise for me, I'm like, why am I going? And that's just like personal. So the Philippines, I did a month, you know, I did almost a month when I was London and Glastonbury. Like I spent 10 days in Guatemala and I felt like I was, I left and then I was back already. And I was like, what was that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm used to that long term travel. And um, I love it. And that's, that's because I I freelance because, you know, I'm project based a lot of the times. And I get to select the wonderful clients that I work with, I have that freedom and that flexibility to go off. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I'll even work remotely, you know, Wi Fi can be tricky here and there. But If it's not video conferencing or, you know, uploading things like you do, if it's just simple email and working on your own, then, you know, general Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi will suffice. When you first were getting remote jobs, did you feel like you had like the confidence to be like, 
I deserve this remote job. So give it to me because I've, I've gotten into that situations where I wanted kind of like a side hustle. But mm-hmm. when I look for it, I just get so scared. Like, oh, they, they wouldn't want me. So I just don't want the rejection and don't even apply for it. That's, that's tough. I think we all will feel that way. And yeah, I mean, when I started applying for remote jobs four or five years ago, I felt like that every time and always, we're always running up against dozens of other candidates. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would build off, you know, the experience that I had working in the corporate world for the past five years and really just try to sell myself and be confident in the role. And before I went off to South America, I actually did get my TEFL certification, like right. we talked about in 18 with Justination, you know, mm-hmm. just as a backup. And that's also a touchy subject is people thinking they can become teachers just because they speak English, right? Like that's a whole different topic because teaching right. has to come from the heart, right? Yeah. So I did get a backup and I did end up using, you know, my, my teach my certification, but I knew it, it probably wasn't for me long time. So I started looking for remote marketing jobs and then I started doing, well, that, that was work for accommodation, but then I started doing, you know, some event work when I was at Mm -hmm. the hostels in Peru at Loki and wild Rover. And that set the basis for me to pivot my career fully in Australia. So that's right. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's tough. I think, you know, I gained inspiration and confidence from a lot of different sources. I I'm part of a lot of, you know, um, career Facebook groups. I, you know, look to different friends who have done it or done something similar, or even people Mm -hmm. who have just moved abroad to become an expat. Um, and kind of built my own package of like how I should sell myself and how confident I should be in what I should say. Heck yeah, girl. (laughs) So, uh, we are also different in how we eat. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, actually we're becoming way more similar. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. Similar in uh, when I'm at home, home, home cooking. Yeah. Sim- yeah. Very similar in home cooking, cooking because we're both vegetarian at home. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you try, you're trying to move in. Trying to be. Yeah. And I've been very successful. I've been proud mm-hmm. of myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to traveling, uh, I'll go balls to the walls. <laughs> I eat beef, chicken, but I mean, that's about it. Where did you try to ask for, didn't you say in the Philippines, you tried to ask for beef recently and they didn't have it? It was Thailand. It was Thailand. So they had chicken putsu. Right. Okay. And then I asked if they had beef and they said, nope. And this was in Thailand. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I thought that was in the Philippines for some reason, but that's crazy. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the interesting thing is I love how we're both trying to be like vegetarian at home, but I've been pescatarian, which is seafood only no like poultry. Right. Um, since I moved to Vegas, uh, that was the beginning of 2013. Mm. So I'm pretty wow. much 70% vegetarian because I eat vegetarian at home when I cook for myself. But when I go out to eat, I'll allow myself seafood. Yeah. Which Trizzy does not like. (laughs) I mean, I could do like a good shrimp truck, like Giovanni shrimp truck. Mm. I could do that style of shrimp. I could do it. Also, if it's like, you know, breaded and fried and and sauces and like doesn't even look or taste like shrimp anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's just a ball of garlic. (laughs) (laughs) Garlic and hot sauce. that I can do. And so, but you know what the crazy thing about being like close to vegetarian or pescatarian is, especially, you know, I spent so much time in South America in a place that's not developed with their food options, right? Like they're not diverse in their food options. What you end up doing is carbo loading, 
which I hate. Oh. You end up just eating mashed potatoes, that. cheese. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Because they think like, oh, you don't eat meat. That's fine. Okay. Here's all these car, this white bread. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this it's is not- gluten for you. Right. Oh my gosh. I know. And so it's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare, but I, th- mm. I think, especially nowadays, the world is just becoming so much more diverse in so many places. So a lot of options, yeah. but you know, when I say I don't eat meat, that means I want to eat a lot of like deep, like plant-based protein and mm. vegetables. <laughs> right. Yeah. But instead I'm getting served like cheese and bread. <laughs> and then another way we're different is night owl versus early bird early bird yes (laughs) i wake up before sunrise not wake up at sunrise just because i don't like huge crowds i don't like to deal with people and this is pre-pandemic too Mm -hmm. you get your day going already and then you finish a little bit earlier so you have time to just chill at the resort and then go to sleep early wake up early again do it again. And yeah. you usually fit like working out or some yoga or meditation in there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. always nice to do like yoga meditation um, as the sun is rising. That's oh, like the best. Yeah. I don't, I think maybe I've done that once in my life. Wait, maybe. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I lied. I have never done a yoga meditation. As the sun is <laughs> you know, yeah. pay me to do it and I'll get up. <laughs> So you heard that, we, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we were talking about before we hit record is that, um, you know, because Trisney notices, like, we obviously watch each other's travels. I'll wake up early and, you know, early definition is very subjective if I need to. So if there's a tour that starts at 8 a.m. or if hostels freaking close their breakfast at 7.30 a.m., <laughs> I'm so the type girl. I will run out there in my pajamas, like eye crusties in my eye. <laughs> grab a bunch of bread and cheese that I don't even like. Right? After you said you don't like carbo loading. Yeah. <laughs> grab a bunch of bread and cheese just because it's free food at like 7.28 and then bring it back to my room and then go to bed. And then when I wake up two hours later, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to eat my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You go, girl. You make that all inclusive. Oh, I don't it, like, okay. I don't. Mm, I don't like these hotels and hostels. I'm like mm, breakfast ends at seven a.m. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so, like, when there's tours or like limitations like that, I'll wake up. But if it's like mm-hmm. a free f- or if I'm getting paid right to do right. something, then I'll wake up. But if not, then I'm like, I wake up. You know, I like to take my time in the morning, and then. Mm-hmm. It's not that I even try to be a night person. I just think I get so like, ooh, nightlife, like shiny nightlife. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like out and next thing you know, it's five in the morning. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> next thing you know, it's five in the morning. And I'm running to hostel breakfast before it closes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sleeping with the bread as a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's been like two hostels in my, in, I've stayed in over 50, 50 hostels in my lifetime. I think there's been two that have had breakfast until like 10 a.m. Mm. two wow i know most of them end by like nine most of them are like nine nine that's it and like nine is like freaking dinner time to them i was like geez (laughs) so i do like i don't get me wrong i love like the daytime tours but i do love the nightlife too so i think that's like the crazy part is like i'll kind of try to do it all which is also yeah it's that's tough yeah 
It kind of wishes that I had that travel bug earlier in my life. So I have that energy to do that as oh. well. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You never know when a pandemic's going to hit. Right. So, yeah. So travel now. And I think that's been a lot of people's views the past years that like, you don't know what life's going to throw at you next. So, yeah. you know, do things, do things that your heart desires, but responsibly, right? <laughs> yes. So this next part, I, I, I'm really excited for. Leah had this great idea for us to bring surprise questions for each other. So she has questions for me. I have questions for her. We have not seen each other's questions. And yeah, who, who wants to go first? Oh, okay. Well, you know, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. What are three things or tips you would give to your younger, new to hostile living, inexperienced traveling self? Ooh, okay. Uh, I definitely have number one. My biggest one is start volunteering and saving money first. Oh, because this stems from my year in South America. So when I got to Peru, the last third of my year in South America, I started volunteering in hostels, doing like work away, work for accommodation in one of the biggest party hostel chains in South America. And it was work for accommodation. So I got a bed, food, 40% off of my bill, right? If I just bartended four days a week. And the way it, it didn't stop me from spending money, but it slowed down my spending so nice. much. And I was thinking, I'm like, I should have done this when I lived in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, mm. which was the first stop on my South America tour. I was like, I should have done this for a few months or the, at least a few weeks while I was in Argentina. And I don't regret a thing I did in South America. I don't regret mm -hmm. a thing, but um, I was like, I probably could have saved, I could have gone home with a little more money, right? Mm, like, gotcha. but that is my biggest tip is, you know, start don't hold yourself back from things but like be smart maybe you know balance out some saving in the beginning and keep a gauge keep an eye on what you're doing and and volunteering and helping in local establishments is a great way to get to know the customs the culture the locals a great way to help with your finance financial spending right yeah. to kind of slow down the spending right and so, it, it could like help with language too, right? Because you're talking to people more. Yep. Or 100%. More. Yeah. 100%. I think another tip would be, um, I mean, this I would give to anyone at any point, just save more than you think you need, way more than you think you need. So I have a new goal. Whenever I go off on a trip, I set a budget. This is how I budget for myself. I budget for the whole trip. I don't budget by day. Even when I'm gone for like three months, I don't budget by day. Some people are like, oh, I can travel on $50 a day. I don't want to do that because I know for me, I'll have $200 days and then I'll have $10 days, right? Mm -hmm. So I, um, but a new goal of mine is I try to come home from every trip with a, at least $100 more than I originally planned, right? So if I had two grand budgeted for a trip, I would only try to spend $1,900. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, this one's kind of, this is an interesting one and potentially controversial one, but like, if you need to skip an event back home, just do it. Like, I feel yeah. like there are some trips I thought I needed to be, I cut short and be home for, 
And not that I regret coming home for them because they're life events with friends and family. But in the end, I always end up missing the fact that I could have stayed where I was for longer. Good job. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. My turn for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Tell me about an uncomfortable moment you had while traveling. <sighs> Oof. I know. Sorry. Start off with a hard one. One time I jumped off of Black Rock, which was in Maui. It's at a beach in the Kaanapali side. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of my first time really jumping off that height Mm -hmm. of the rock. Got an enormous wedgie (laughs) that I felt like ripped everything and just the whole trip was just painful afterwards and i had a wedding to attend to um so you were in like physical pain for a few days afterwards yeah Yeah. exactly peeing hurt how high was the jump for me it was really high but for these seven-year-old kids it was not high at all (laughs) i would now i want to know it was black we can just look it up black rock (laughs) yeah it's black rock that's what it's called and there's like a lot of sea turtles around that area so we usually we don't even go out that far in the ocean to the point where you can't really see the ocean floor Mm -hmm. but we that was the area where you would see the turtles and we had like a floaty with us and like a, those life belts, life jacket belts thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, my boss was my boss before I left uh, the trip. He was like, jump off of Black Rock, do it. And I was like, OK, <laughs> not even thinking. Yeah. And it doesn't help with these like obnoxious seven to 12 year old kids saying like, just jump. It's not that scary. Go just jump. And I'm just like, boy, no. <laughs> to be honest, after like Greece, I that was my first jump on my first international trip was Greece. That was really high, probably like mm. 30 feet or so. Yeah. After Kawasan Falls in the Philippines, where I got a massive <sighs> bruise that it actually looked like I broke my arm because it was so big. Oh. I think I've done enough jumping for my life. To right. Be yeah. I need to jump off anything ever again. <laughs> yeah. I would freak out jumping off of that falls that you did 30 feet. I mean, yeah, that was 33 feet, actually. 33. That one's a little bit higher than the one I did in Greece. Yeah. And that was where I, I hit my arm really bad. I guess mm. I went, I landed like this instead of yeah. like a pencil, you know? Oh, I see. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So the bruise was, gotcha. it was, it was big. It was big. Yeah. I, I did um, waterfall jumping in Jamaica, but mm-hmm. it was not painful at all. So I don't know if it's because there was like rushing water to kind of like help soften the blow or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Discomfort <laughs> means something different to everybody, right? Yeah. So you could have even gone with food poisoning. Like you could, cause that could mm-hmm. lead to like, Oh, that's probably a food I will never have again. You know, yeah, right? Like those are the moments in travel that are interesting because they like define the rest of your life, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So big wedgie, stinging pee, no, not good for me. <laughs> got a question. Got another question for you. What was the toughest thing you had to give up on spending money in order for you to save money for your trips? I love this question because my life changed so much in 2015 Mm -hmm. right before I started traveling long term but like if anyone knew me before you knew I did not have a savings I didn't know how to save I didn't know what anything was I barely put into my 401k luckily my company was doing it for me and then you were like 
yeah, so like everyone else in their 20s, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. But like, I never had any financial guidance growing up, zero. My advice was, oh, save your money. Okay, how much? What do I save it to? Where do I put it? Down my bra? Under my right, bed? Yeah. Like, where do I? <laughs> where? Until I decided that I wanted to go travel. So in 2015, I got serious about it. After three weeks stint in Europe, I came back and I was like, all right. And it was crazy because that year I had a huge wedding that I helped like put on. Basically, Mm. I had bachelorette parties, a lot of like events that I still had to spend money for. But at the same time, I like looked at my finances and I decided that I was going to save at least 50% of my income every month. This is sad. I wasn't doing it before six years ago, but I decided I was. And with that, oh man, I gave up so much. I used to do my nails every two weeks, gave that up, gave that up. And I'm not even kidding. I owned probably about like 80 bottles of nail polish at the time. And I still went out and did my nails. I remember in 2015, like 2014 Coachella, I think I spent $120 on my gel nails. Yeah, I was a mess. And y'all, I lived in Vegas from 2013 to 2015. So it was in Vegas when I was like a hot mess, spending money, no concept of saving nothing, right? Lived in a really inexpensive two bedroom, two bath by myself when I could have been renting out this $800 apartment for to someone else, the other half and making money off of it. I didn't realize that till my last six months in the apartment. I was a mess, right? So I gave up my nails. I gave up shopping. I can't tell you when I moved out of there, how many bags of shopping clothes that I had never even remembered buying in my life. Unopened tags on. I was like, this is embarrassing. I stopped going out with friends like every day of every weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're just going to the same bars in Vegas, the same. And there's life off the strip, y'all. I lived in Vegas for a long time. There is a lot of life off the strip, but we're going to the same bars Every weekend, Uber didn't exist in Vegas yet. That's embarrassing. Uber didn't exist in Vegas. We were taking taxis back and forth, right? Buying the same drinks with the same people. But I felt like I had bigger dreams. And I was like, with the amount of money I'm spending, I'm never going to get to financially where I need to be Mm. to, to go off for a year and be good on my own. So I think nails and shopping and excessive going out were the biggest things that I gave up. Coffee is something we'll never give up. So I didn't care that I was spending money on it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. As cliche as it is, like two years of long-term traveling, like really does change you, you know? Yeah. I like that question though, because I feel like I'm a good case study for someone who, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. didn't know the concept of money before they went traveling and then realized mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. And I guess that is on me that I didn't ask for help, but I had no, like no guidance. Right. And so it's crazy how traveling makes you figure that out because I'm like, yo, if you're international, you're stuck in another country. No one can fly out to help you. You got to figure it out yourself. So I think it really kicked into high gear when I was getting serious. I'm like, all right, I need to turn my life around a bit. And it did. And like, now I don't even like things like stuff. Yeah. Get out of my way. Yeah, no, declutter. (laughs) Whole different person than six years ago. (laughs) I'm with you. All right, girl. So- what is your favorite way to support the locals wherever you are? Ooh, I, I should do more of supporting the locals. I want to, it's always been in my mind to bring extra clothes and then try and just like leave the clothes 
there oh, for uh-huh. like but I I haven't gotten to that level okay. and I need to do more research on like where I could like drop off the clothes and yeah. things like that but ideally that would be my way to support the locals and of course uh the balak bayan boxes yeah like my other way <laughs> yeah of course that I've done yeah but that's to like you know family we're within family yep all right I got one last question for you <clears throat> Create your hostel. So like the name, uh, the amenities, the price, the location, et cetera, et cetera. Stop. Yeah. Create your hostel. Girl, this is too much on the spot. Okay. I feel like this could be a whole episode. So I'm just going to break down what I know. Okay. I don't, I would not own a huge massive party hostels because I've seen how those things operate and they have Mm. cojones, man. Like they have tough skin for handling this because, because with those party hostels comes a lot of different things, right? Like, Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's a, a bit of a different culture. And I personally, I couldn't handle that on my own, right? If I was like an investor or an owner, hostel owner. So mm-hmm. I really love, and this is what I try to stay in now. I really love the hostels that are super social without mm. people like puking and peeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I love the ones I've stayed at so many that do like family dinners and they do bike rides and watch the sunset together. Like, I love those. And I would want one in nature, whether it's on the beach or on the river in the jungle. Um, I would love, you know, a body of water. So a pool very much. Yes. Um, I would want like a medium sized hostel. I've stayed in hostels, you know, like Loki and wild Rover had between a hundred and 300 beds. And that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't include the capacity in the bar. Mm. So that's a lot of people at a hostel at once, a lot of people to keep track of. And I've stayed at really small hostels that are like 40 people, which are great because you get to like know everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, I definitely want there to be options of activities. Like I'd love like a movie room, a patio, a courtyard, a coffee shop. Oh, yes. Non-negotiable must be a coffee shop. Must be, there must be a space where people are allowed to, um, be, be a digital nomad, like their yeah. working space. Right. Um, I would love if there are like little coves for like people to like be on the phone or read a book or take a nap, like, you know, oh, separate yes. coves, um, must be a coffee shop, but I also want there to be a bar. So maybe it could be coffee shop by day bar by night. Mm-hmm. I like that or coffee shop bar hybrid. Um, yeah. I really love that. And like pool table, cause I love playing pool, but like a lot of options for people. I want there to be a book exchange, you know, one oh, of my cool. favorite hostels in Brazil, which I actually think they closed down. They're called oh. lemon spirit in Rio de Janeiro. Every single bathroom on every floor had, um, every door was a, a toilet and a shower and a sink. Mm. So a lot of the communal bathrooms you see in hostels are like, everyone shares multiple showers and there's multiple sinks and there's toilet. It's all like a locker locker room. Right. Yeah. But I loved that lemon spirit was like, it was like five bathrooms next to each other, but your own bathroom. Oh, so I really love that. But yeah, I think I'd want maybe a smaller hostel, like between 40 and 60 beds. I'd Mm -hmm. love there to be lots of activities. Um, be one with nature. Oh, I've stayed in so many hostels that have a bomb kitchen. Ooh. Like a special menu, bomb kitchen. Nice. I don't think I'd want it to be. I've also stayed at hostels that's, that have like 10 page menus. I don't want that. Maybe like, maybe like three, two to three pages. Right. But have specialties, you know? Yeah. 
So I want it to, I want my hostel for a, to be a place where people can be social and really know like what it is to live life by having that community. I'm really big on community. I'm really big on coffee. Um, really big on on meeting others and I want to create a space for that and if people want to stay a bit long term because they're working remotely because I've done that on my travels like I want them to be able to do that too so strong ass wi-fi everywhere routers everywhere (laughs) what time would your breakfast close (laughs) oh girl 11 a.m 11 a.m my breakfast would close at 11 and it go it would go in it would be like 5 a.m to 11 a.m so that people like you who get up before sunrise mm-hmm. can go eat breakfast I want a hot breakfast too so mm, I want some yes. I want some eggs there <laughs> yes please so my last question to you Trizzy what other city in the U.S. would you want to live and why Scottsdale Arizona or Ooh. I should say Phoenix Arizona yeah girl okay it was not you I weren't expecting that. Us. I was not expecting that out of you. Mm, tell us why. Tell us so why. when I was younger, um, I played on a um, AU team, which is an elite level over like rec league basketball team. Mm-hmm. And we had our first national tournament in Phoenix, Arizona. And we were we ended up fifth place out of 75 teams. So we were fifth place nationally. Wow. And that kind of like sealed the deal of like why I love Phoenix and I love heat I love dry heat mm-hmm. um love cactuses for some odd reason <laughs> even though they're extremely dangerous and since then I've never been back until 2017 stayed in Scottsdale stayed at a resort and I just kind of love how their resort life is like you know it's very peaceful it's next to huge mountains that you could go hiking at Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just a chill lifestyle to have Mm -hmm. and supposedly it's cheap to live there so Mm -hmm. if I want to retire that could be an option I like that yeah I like it love the desert also yeah and like their their hiking areas Arizona throughout you get Page you get um what is it Sedona Mm -hmm. and they're just like the Red Rocks are just amazing so yeah. I'll, choose, I'll choose red rocks over like gray rocks yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah and so it's it's always every time I've gone to Arizona it's been uh, a positive experience for me I love that mm-hmm. even though I feel like they might be a, a red state but eh, I'll I get over that yeah <laughs> what did you think I was gonna say I don't know back to Seattle <laughs> I've tried i don't know i guess i guess somewhere a little bit cool maybe some more pnw ish Mm. maybe i'm just influenced by the fact that you're from there you know yeah yeah (laughs) i mean chicago would be nice to live in too really i can't like chicago i can't see you there i see you west coast west coast forever though what like western half of the u.s Right, right. More accessible to the national park, the bigger, gotcha. these big, crazy, rocky. Yeah. Parks, you know? <laughs> Obviously, I would have chose Hawaii, but that would have been an obvious answer. So it gave you a little something. <laughs> Let's get into our T2A, Q2A, which yes. you all know what it stands for. Ticket to anywhere. Quick to answer segments. We're answering our own questions this time. <laughs> no, it's fun. So Leah, why do you travel? I travel to learn more about other cultures and other people. 
I travel because the same reason I love to learn about other, uh, other, other people, other cultures, other destinations, and I like to come back and hopefully teach and educate um, my family, my friends about it. And it, those type of experiences really humbled me. Mm-hmm. Wow, you just had to one-up my answer. You're like, I agree with your answer, but. <laughs> but let me sprinkle a little fairy yeah. dust on it. <laughs> All right. Do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new place? Yeah, I either stretch, do some yoga, or do some breath exercises because I feel like that's the best way for me, at least, to kind of recalibrate my body to that time zone. Mm-hmm. There you go. I find the first amazing coffee shop because I want that that first sip in a new city, a new town. And I also find like the central market. So if there's like a big um, open air market, I'll be like, let's go have lunch there. Maybe there's good coffee in there, you know, yeah. and go sneak in with the locals. What are they buying? What are they doing? Yeah. Have a day. Yeah. Right. Got yeah. You. Or I'll just ask if I'm staying hostel hotel, I'll ask them. I was like, hey, where's where's the place to be right now? Where can I grab? Where's the place for lunch? Where's yeah. Where's, yeah. What's bustling and bussing? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. What items do you absolutely need with you? Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to be all like clever and, you know, think of something different, but like, let's be honest. The thing that has saved my life over and over again for multiple uses is a clear waterproof mm. pouch for my phone. No. Yeah. And I literally have like four of them on deck because one, it makes your phone waterproof and splash proof. But two, you can kind of, you can wear it around your neck, right? But you can mm-hmm. use it as a wallet too. So if you just need your ID, a card and some cash, oh, that's true. Flip it in there and that's it. And it's right. my favorite thing to, to have while I'm traveling. Cause you know why also people, when I'm doing like a river float, people will straight up be like, yo, can you hold my cash and my ID? I'm like right. in my... I'm going to take some interest. You want to hold it in my waterproof pouch. What about you? So the obvious is, you know, my camera, but I think the ultimate is any bug repellent bracelets or sprays. I need that. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Got to protect yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been bit like in Kauai, I've been bit 26 times on one hike. And then when I went to Vietnam when I was younger, I got bit 22 times. Mm -hmm. All right. And the last question, what is your next trip? I have two Hawaii trips coming up, one to Oahu and one to Maui. We run a travel podcast. I have not been traveling. Um, but I think I just, you know, need to do it. And I think I might take the Amtrak from LA to San Diego and go visit my Ooh. friends in San Diego. Luckily, I have friends down there. Um, but I think San, uh, San Diego has been calling me. I haven't been in a couple of years. Yeah. I think that's my next trip. Nice. I like how you're, you could easily just drive down there, but you are creating <laughs> an experience out of it by taking the Amtrak. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we learned a lot about each other. Even, you know, we run this thing together. We've known each other for close to 14 years. We're still finding out so much about the way we travel. So mm-hmm. I love our little duet episodes, Trizzy. Yes. And uh, if you have Clubhouse, we are on there. 
every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, this, the, the topics and discussions changes every week. Uh, we have after the shows where we'll have we'll bring on our guest speakers that we had on previous episodes to talk mm-hmm. more thoroughly. If you have any questions, you could get more of a one-on-one chat with them as well so stay tuned we have a lot coming up for you guys so one thing we wanted to bring up on the show is how incredibly grateful we are for each and every one of your reviews they speak nothing but praises and kindness and that truly is our motivation so we can't thank you enough because we read them and honestly we share them with each other and we just continue to think of ways to keep bringing you what you want to hear with budgeting, creating content, what you want to know about hostels, about being a digital nomad, our past experiences. Then we go ahead and bring amazing guests on and we run these clubhouse rooms. Like none of this would be possible without your support. Our hearts are filled with pure joy. So you are our motivation. Don't forget, we are on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Subscribe, follow us on any podcast platform and YouTube so you never miss an episode drop. And we'll see you at the next episode, y'all.